Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Amen, amen. Come on. Give God praise today. It's a good day. God is good and all the time. Good to be here with you this Sunday. And we just want to say hi to everyone online, on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, yeah, I'm here speaking. I'm telling you, Pastor Eric would want more than anything to be here, but he suddenly fell ill um, later this uh, past week here and, um, and just said, you know, make it so he sends his love, him and Sister Lord, they're just being cautious about things here. So that's why I'm not here. So, um, so yes, I know the bass player is preaching. So uh, believe me, I'm qualified for some of you wondering, like, what kind of church is this? The bass guy just got up and started preaching. I'm Pastor Jay. So again, I'm just excited to bring you the word today. And um, again, um, just great things are happening this month. And again, just so you saw the video, there's some great things, new things are happening here at Thrive. And um, so again, your partner, please make it your best to be here next Sunday. And, uh, and then we have the fall fest coming up at the end of the month on October 30th. That's going to be a great time. Start spreading the word out there. Amen. Okay, so hey, um, are you enjoying this legacy series? I mean, it's just been awesome. And... You know, and if you haven't been around, I would, I would uh, just imp- uh, compel you to go online, go to YouTube, watch the videos. You've missed a couple of them um, because Pastor Eric has been giving some rich, rich and deep teaching um, on about, you know, gaining, elevating our perspective in life. You know, sometimes you think legacy, you think about, you know, what's your, you know, like the inheritance, what you're going to give or leave your family members or friends or relatives in a will. Um, we're not talking about that. We're talking about what kind of mark are you going to leave on this world in the name of Jesus? What mark are you going to leave in this world? So I want to invite you, please stand with me as we do here thrive in honor and reverence to the word of God. We're going to go to 1 Chronicles chapter 28. Read a couple of verses there. And um, again, we have it up there on the screen. I'll be reading out an NIV version. And uh, starting with verse 2. King David rose to his feet and said, listen to me, my fellow Israelites, my people. I had hid it in my heart to build a house as a place of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord. For the footstool of our God and I made plans to build it. But God said to me, (coughs) excuse me, you are not to build a house for my name. Because you are a warrior and have shed blood. Skip over to verse 6. He said to me, Solomon. Your son is the one who will build my house and my courts. For I have chosen him to be my son and I will be his father. I will establish his kingdom forever. If he is unswerving and carrying out my commands and laws. As is being done at this time. Go to verse 9. And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father. Serve him with wholehearted devotion. With a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. Then David gave his son Solomon the plans. For the temple, the buildings, the rooms, the parts, the inner rooms, and the place of atonement. 
God, we thank you for this day. I thank you for my friends. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts, God. Speak to our minds. Show us and teach us your ways. In Christ's name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. You know, since we started this uh, legacy series, I couldn't help. I don't know about you, but maybe it's just me. I've been doing a lot of self-reflecting on my life. And I've been wondering about all of the people that I've ever encountered in my life and what they will remember about me. And I remember, and also it brought me to this time when I was a, a young pastor, single young pastor. I was pastoring a small Filipino church there in South Stockton. And I remember after one Sunday, I believe it was a, a Sunday, after church, couple of us folks and all that, we went to Cancun Restaurant. Anybody remember Cancun Restaurant, Stockton? Those of you from Stockton? And this was like before the movie theater was built. It was right there in the corner. And, you know, as we went there, had our lunch there at Cancun, and I went to go pay my bill with the cash register. And the lady there, the cashier, she starts looking at me all funny, you know. And, you know, and I was seeing, I was like, oh, maybe she's flirting with me. <laughs> but then I realized, wait a minute, I don't know, I don't know. And she just kept looking at me, and then, you know, I didn't think nothing of it. And then she blurts out, you don't remember me. Oh, Ooh. you know, and, and I said, Van Buren Elementary School on Eastside Stockton, Van Buren, you don't remember me? I'm like, no, nah. she goes, I'm Lily. I'm like, oh, man. You know, I was like, I was there like from third grade to sixth grade, you know, I was like, she goes, I was in the classroom next to you. You and your friends every day made fun of me. Call me names every day. And I was like, oh. Miss Piggy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. You know, and here I am. You know, I'm the pastor of a church and all that. And, and you know, this was how I was remembered by her. You know, and she's, you know, probably, was probably the same age as me at that time. And, and, but, you know, praise be to God. God changed me. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't want my legacy to be one of cruelty and meanness. Oh, he was a kid that teased me. And you know, he's just got started me thinking. And within the last month, I was, uh, I attended two memorial services of two men who passed away in two very different parts of the world. And both deaths happened suddenly and unexpectedly. And one man was instrumental in making the man that I am today. And the other man was one whom I knew briefly, but yet I connected with them because we had a, a similar bond. First one was Brother Felipe Lapastor. He passed away in the Philippines. And, and Brother Felipe was instrumental. Um, I'm actually, he's, he's my compadre. I'm the godfather of his youngest son, Joshua. And he's um, instrumental because he was in the Navy and was stationed, got stationed at Rough and Ready Island when it was still a Navy base in Stockton. And he made his way to this little Filipino church that my family attended. And he did something shocking. And this is, you know, a while back. But he did something shocking. He started to have Bible studies in his house. I know, shocking, right? But back then, at least for this church, all we did church was in church. That's all we did. We just went to church on Sunday, you know, and that's all we did. You know, we didn't have nothing else during the week. But he said, hey, we got to have home Bible studies. And guess whose mom dragged their only son to these Bible studies? <laughs> Drug this boy. Sometimes went kicking and screaming. But he started his home Bible studies, and I tell you, that little Filipino church began to grow, and they bought a new building and all this and started growing. 
And in his memorial service, person after person shared how Brother Felipe was a kingdom builder. He helped pastors build churches all over the world by his generosity. And when he actually, when he had passed away, he had just completed a church in his hometown in the Philippines. The other memorial that I attended was Randy Rubio, Sister Teresa's Coronado's brother-in-law. And Randy and I had an affinity because we were both math teachers and coaches. And I went and it was, you know, attended by hundreds of people, many from um, his high school. He was the AD there. And students, former students, former players spoke how Coach Rubio or Mr. Rubio, you know, impacted them, influenced their lives and, you know, told them about God and preached the gospel. Yes, at a public school. And he just, he just shared about how he made them a better person, you know, to be prepared for their lives after high school. Now, these men are not celebrities by any means, but they left a legacy that will resound for this and perhaps the next generation. So what is going to be your legacy? So here in First Chronicles chapter 28, we just read it. King David is making an announcement. He said he got all the people in Israel, got them all together. And he says, guess what? I'm giving up my throne and my son Solomon is going to become the new king. And we all know King David was the rock star of Israel, right? I mean, he had a little boy. I mean, he was literally a rock star. He could play the harp, was grooving on that. Okay, right? You know that? And like he, would, he killed a lion and a bear. I was like, man, I, I haven't even seen a lion or bear face to face. And he saw one and killed him. You know, and we all know his famous story of Goliath, right? He was the rock star. And under his kingship, under his reign, the kingdom of Israel grew tremendously. They conquered nations that were around them. They defended against, you know, nations that were bigger, on them, uh, bigger than them. And because of their conquests, I mean, their economy was fat. They were rich. They had vast use of treasure and silver and gold. But the only thing, and we read it there, he had hidden his heart. The only thing left for King David was he wanted to build a house of worship, the temple for Yahweh in Jerusalem, the place where the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God, would, would be placed. You know, the, the Ark of the Covenant, man, was central to the Israelites back in those days. You know, and, and, and I mean, it goes all the way back to Moses. The Ark was captured at one point by the Philistines. And King David, the warrior that he is, went out and got it back. He goes, I'm taking that back. I'm taking that Ark. That belongs to the house, to the people of God. And we know the story that when, when that Ark came back, David threw a huge party. And we know he was boogieing down, right? The Bible said he danced. He was dancing before that. And he was dancing through because he was excited that the presence of God was where it needs to be. So this temple, this house of worship will be the place where all of God's people will gather, give their offerings, their sacrifices, their praise, their worship, and adoration to God. This temple was King David's dream, his vision. However... David knew this was not his task to complete, nor his dream to be fulfilled. He had to give it up. And this is the title of our service here. A godly legacy requires sacrifice. A godly legacy requires sacrifice. Now, this is, this is about 
not being selfish. Don't have a me, myself, and I attitude. This is about not being manipulative. Manipulating for your own personal selfish gain. What is sacrifice? Well, the dictionary says, an act of giving up something, especially for the sake of someone or something else. A godly legacy requires sacrifice. A godly legacy requires you to sacrifice power for progress. Sacrifice power for progress. You are not to build a house for my name because you are a warrior and have shed blood. Verse 6 says, Solomon, your son is the one who will build my house. I have chosen him and I will, to be my son, I will be his father. King David had to give up his throne. Yes, he was getting old and he was in his twilight years of his life. But you know what? He could have been stubborn and held on to his power till he takes his last breath. But no, he gathered the people of Israel and proclaimed his secession of the throne. Yet, King David still had unfinished business. He wanted to build the house of God. But God has spoken. And as much as it might have hurt David, God said, this project is not going to get done with you in control. Woo. Any Niner fans in the house? Oh, yeah. Right, right. We're going to do it today. Seahawks going down. Okay. Some of you might remember this. I don't know if you caught this. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm, you know, I'm a coach, football coach. But in the first game of this season, this past season, the 49ers quarterback, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, takes the team right down to the red zone. They're on the five-yard line, about to punch it in. And they pull out Jimmy G. They pull out the quarterback and bring in the first-round rookie, Trey Lance. I know some of you are not for football. You know, he's supposed to be the new up-and-coming quarterback for the, for the Niners. But they pull out, you know, Jimmy G's the first string. He's a starting quarterback. But they pull him out, bring in Trey Lance, and Trey Lance, whoop, touchdown pass. Everyone's celebrating. Well, I was on the radio on Monday. <laughs> they interviewed Jimmy G, and they asked him, how did he feel about being pulled from the game on the verge of scoring? And he said, it was a tough pill to swallow. He goes, I didn't like it. He goes, but I understood the move. Because the bottom line, he said this, but the bottom line is the team scored and we won the game. He didn't like it, but that's the way it's going to happen. Pastor Eric shared a couple weeks ago how legacy requires vision. How we've got to be able to see the big picture. And this will include sometimes yielding control. Okay? Giving up power to move forward. Godly legacy requires to sacrifice power for progress. Also, a godly legacy will require you to sacrifice comfort for character. Check this out here. He said, my son Solomon, acknowledge. He's told, this is David talking out to Solomon. Acknowledge the God of your father. You got to know my God, Solomon. You got to serve him with a whole heart, not half. Whole heart. 
with a willing mind. Your way is better, God. Because God's going to search your heart and understand your desire and thought. You understand you might not like some of the things he wants, but you got you. If you seek him, in other words, if you obey, you will be found by you. You will have favor. But if you don't, he's not going to like it. He will reject you. So consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build this house. Be strong and do the work. Say, do the work. Now, I don't have this up on the screen, but this just came to my mind. Matthew 7, this is Jesus talking to us. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. God's way is open and free. It's open and free. It's open. The road to Jesus is never closed. It's open. It's free. There's no toll you gotta pay. But it's narrow. It's a road less traveled. And maybe it's probably not a very popular road. It's not an easy way to travel, but when you're on it, it'll make you better. It'll make you better. And it will take you to places you never even dreamed or imagined. See, David was charging his son Solomon about being devoted and staying devoted to God. David was speaking from experience because as many victories that David has seen in his days, he also had some epic failures in his life. And so I would like to believe that David was mentoring, coaching, and grooming his son Solomon to be the king. Teaching him, discipling him to be a God-fearing man and leader. Come on, man. Do you think it's easy being the king to God's people? That's not an easy task. David understood what it meant to be a servant of God at a young age. He knew that living a life for God means life will not always be easy. But it'll be worth it. But not easy. Man, my son Aiden just turned 13. He's the size of a grown man. <laughs> he gave me a hug. He's like, oh my word, you're like as big as me. He's like a grown man too. But you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. My character, my character as a person, as a man, Grew exponentially when I became a dad to Aiden 13 years ago. I mean, number one, my work ethic got better. Because not only had I feed myself, I had to feed someone else too. <laughs> not only had to uh, wipe myself, I had to wipe someone else too. <laughs> I mean, so I was like, man, I, you know, I mean, you couldn't be lazy. Couldn't be lazy. And then as, I, as Aiden got older, I realized that my emotional temperament has become more stabilized. And I tell you why. Because this, this, this is what happened. Because I realized that he was watching my every move. And notice how I reacted to certain things. And this, this ingrained my, you know, and, you know, yes, I'm a pastor, but I'm human. But I remember one time while I was driving. 
And Aiden was probably, he, he was in preschool age, probably like three or four. He was in the back seat, in his car seat. And uh, something happened. And then his little voice, Daddy, yeah, why did you call that man stupid in the car? Because the man had almost hit me, and I just blurted out. Dude, stupid, what's wrong? You know, and I just kind of burned it out. I was, I mean, I, I'm human, man. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I always say God forgiveness. But I remember that, that's in my mind because I realized, oh, man, you know, um, he's watching me. He's watching me. I've been teaching for over 20 years and I've coached for almost 15 years. And I'm telling you, it's not easy. It's not easy because when you're, when, you're, when you're a football coach, Getting up early for practice or for a weight room training, and you come home late after practice, you know, that's not easy. It's uncomfortable. You know, as, as, as a teacher, it's uncomfortable when I have to discipline a student, you know, put them in their place or tell them that, hey, man, you know, you're not going to pass. You're not going to graduate because you're not doing it. I mean, that's uncomfortable, and it's uncomfortable sometimes when you get parents who are mad at you because their son's not playing or stuff like that. It's uncomfortable. You know, when I have to tell us, a player or students to do a drill over and over that they get tired of, but we got to do it because practice makes perfect. Let me tell you this discomfort that I have and the discomfort probably my students and players had, I'm going to tell you what, though, it built character. It made us both better. Because it's easy to not care. It's easy. If I don't care, I I don't care if you don't do your homework. I don't care if you just fail the test and, you know, not try to make you, you know, I don't care. I don't care if you don't show up for practice. Oh, I don't care if you don't, you know, do the drills. I, I mean, it's easy. It's easy. In fact, there's probably a lot of parents, teachers, and coaches, you know, who don't care. Because why? Because you know what? They want to live comfortably. If you're going to leave a godly legacy, you must be willing to sacrifice comfort for the purpose of building character in you and for those around you and who in your circle of influence. A godly legacy will also require you to sacrifice dinero for the dream. Yes, this is a bilingual service, if you didn't know that. Sacrifice dinero for the dream. Verse In chapter 29, check this out. Verse 2. This King David, with all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God, gold for the gold work, silver for silver, bronze for bronze, iron for iron, wood for wood, as well as onyx for the settings, turquoise, stones of various colors, all kinds of fine stones, and marble, and all of these in large quantities. Verse 3, besides in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my own personal treasure of gold and silver. For the temple of God, over and above everything, I have provided for this holy temple. King David gave up his treasure for Solomon to have and use for the completion of the house of God. I was going to name this point, Sacrifice Mucho for the Michio. <laughs> Little Spanish land twist, but same thing. The point here, be generous. Be generous. Not greedy. To give and not get. Especially for the kingdom of God. Everyone here has been a recipient of someone's generosity. And you say, well, not me. Well, guess what? This building that you're inside came to be because of the generosity of many people who are sitting in this room today. 
So there's someone's generosity that's made it possible for you to sit in that cushion chair. My compadre, Brother Felipe, who I said recently passed, served 15 years in the U.S. Navy. He became a correctional officer working mostly in San Quentin prison for 25 years. And you know what? This is what he did. He took the lump sum, lump sum of his retirement, purchased acres of land in the Philippines, built a resort-like retreat center so that churches, church groups, youth groups, pastors, ministers, missionaries can go there for free to rest, to have respite, to have revivals. A godly legacy means sacrifice the narrow for the dream. And my last point here, a godly legacy simply means to sacrifice you for him and them. 21 verse 1, David said to the whole assembly, my son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure, the house of God, is not for man, but for God ultimately. We just took communion. I'm going to read to you John 15, 13. As we took communion, remembered Christ's sacrifice for us. But John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Bottom line, King David sacrificed everything about him for God, for his son Solomon, and for the people of God. He gave up the throne. He gave up the comforts of life. He gave up his wealth. He sacrificed all. For God and others. Greater love is no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. To lay down one's life is, is a very interesting phrase. I mean, for most of us, we understand that to mean that, you know, Jesus gave up his life to die on the cross. And yes, he did. But that word there in the Greek, lay down, tithome, literally means to put into place. It's the same word that they would use when you're trying to set a table. You know, this is where we place the fork. This is where you place the spoon. This is where you place the plate. Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, knew where to put into place his life. King David knew where to put his place was now to, to his four son Solomon in a position for success. A godly legacy means you are willing to sacrifice all so that others can be in a position for success. Jesus sacrificed his power for progress because he knew he had to leave heaven to be born in a lowly manger so that we can have life abundant and eternal. He sac Jesus sacrificed the comfort, the comforts of, 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 of heaven and lived life as a human being. And obviously he is the ultimate character of how we should be as a person today. And obviously Jesus gave it all of his riches, the splendor of heaven, the splendor of heaven 
for the belief that we would be reconciled with God. So let me leave you with a few challenges here as we close our time here. Number one, what are you trying to hold on to? Give up control. A godly legacy sacrifices power for progress. And some of you are trying to move on in life. You're trying to further your well-being. Whatever it is you're trying to do to get ahead. But you got to realize sometimes you got to sacrifice control. You need to give up control. Why are you still being lazy and stubborn? Give up easy. A godly legacy sacrifices comfort for character. It's easy. It's easy not to have to go to church. It's easy not to have to give my offering. It's easy not, have, not have, to, have to wash my mouth and say what I say in front of my friends. It's easy to just join in and joke like all the other guys at work. It's easy. I don't have to worry about that. But are you building character? Is that the legacy you want to leave? Give up easy. Are you helping or hoarding? Because a godly legacy sacrifices dinero for dreams. Are you helping or hoarding? Maybe you got to please give up stuff. Be generous. Don't be a greedy person. And then, I mean, we could go on. That's a whole other sermon itself. But here, you need a sacrifice. A godly legacy sacrifices stuff. Then my last point, or last question. Is it still all about you? Just give it up. We have that strange saying, let go and let God. Because really, a godly legacy requires sacrifice. Which bottom line means not being selfish. You're not going to leave a godly legacy if it's all about you. Because leaving that legacy is all about others. It's all about others. Are you still in control? Let God be in control. Are you just trying to take it easy, make it comfortable? You're not building character. You're not making yourself better. Are you holding on to stuff, being greedy, try to get, 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 rather than trying to give? thinking of others, putting others before yourselves. Because if you're not able to do that, then it's still all about you. It has to be all about you. All about God. Jesus gave it all. If you took communion or watched us take communion, that's what, it, that's what we're doing. We're celebrating. We recognize Jesus gave it all. He sacrificed for me for me. I'm going to invite you to stand at this time. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.